Hello, Christiana. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing amazing. Thank you. I, uh, well, I got a sore throat, to be honest. I, um, I know I was singing too loud for too long. What a a problem to have. (laughs) What a problem to have. I know. So it's not COVID or anything, but, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. But how, how are you? What's, what's going on in your world? Um, Are you you making waves on social media yet today or what? (laughs) uh, (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. Maybe. I made a few yesterday. Today's been pretty chill. I've been trying to get back in the swing of things with like content creation, getting back on that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything I've done recently and there's not much other than work. But um, yeah, I'm living. I'm living. What were you? So you're, you're kind of famous for um, <laughs> or infamous, depending on the circles you're in <laughs> or you're being talked about in um, for having some very hot takes i don't think they're hot takes but um <laughs> thanks <laughs> i mean i i haven't seen something i disagree with that you've said yet oh i um, have to work on that i mean maybe maybe <laughs> but what what would you say is your is your most interesting or your hottest take uh so far oh um oh my gosh recently it's been people got people get really mad about whenever I share someone who they believe is a false teacher or when oh, I talk about yeah. one churches and stuff. So if you saw any of my stuff about Stephen Furtick yesterday, people got really heated because I shared a sermon clip and I didn't share it because it was him. I shared it because it was true, Right. <laughs> but they got mad at me because it was him and people are all up in arms now. So I had so many messages. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, it's so I. I saw that and I've had a, a big problem with people like talking about Furtick and well, or talking about anybody talking about Joe Osteen <laughs> talking about um, or even pastors that I, you know, disagree with. Um, Cause I, I t- to be honest, I, I do like Furtick. I, I like a lot of what he says. Mm-hmm. Now I don't agree with a- a- everything he says. Right. I, I don't agree with everything my pastor says. Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I literally go to his, anyway. Um, but like I, I've, I've, the the people who are talking negatively about Steve, it, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. No, I don't understand it, and well, I do understand it because I know where they're coming from because I've been there and I've gone through a lot of um, oh really stages you... in my well, I was never like a hater or anything on him. I I um have just been through a lot of different stages in my Christian walk that mm-hmm. a lot of people maybe haven't been through like in in such a short span of time because of the way that I was brought up and so um how were you brought up this is a very interesting conversation um, <laughs> so if you want to go into it well oh for sure like there's a lot I I don't know how much you want to know um but there's everything everything um I know everything everything okay well let me see if I can start here so if if you could see me I would show you that i made up a note of all the rules I had to follow when I was in the denomination that I was raised in. And I think I counted today and there's like, I made up a list of like 65 different. (gasps) And they were. That's a lot more than 10. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to read any of them, but like. What um, are some of the craziest ones? Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. Okay. No pants for women, only skirts (laughs) and dresses, no sleeveless tops. Um, no piercings other than like an ear piercing. 
Mm -hmm. uh, have to have long hair, no heavy makeup, no tattoos, no colored hair, no swimsuits, no modern worship music, um, no drums allowed in church because they, uh, for some reason, just believe that like any sort of rhythm, anything that like made you want to move your body in any way was worldly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's so, so interesting. Yeah. Women aren't allowed to speak in church. Guys have to have short hair. Like, it's not allowed to touch their ears. Well, I think no guys should tops. have short hair anyway. Right. But, like, if that's, like, a personal preference, no tank tops for guys, no piercings, tattoos, no jewelry, no shorts when girls are around, you know, because... Because <laughs> <laughs> the calves oh, are gotta, seductive. <laughs> gotta watch out for those those calves, man. Um, no facial hair. Oh, really? Yeah, which I think is so interesting, seeing that we literally, like, Jesus... Never mind. Um, no, no dating allowed. It was all courting. So, like, I know I've talked to you about that before, and like, we can get into little aspects of this as we go. Um, no divorce yeah, what... allowed under any circumstances, but it's always the wife's fault. So, like, stuff like that. Mm. So, mm. what what is uh what is courting in the because it is is it was IFB. IFB. So, Independent Fundamental Baptist. It just sounds so, like, the fundamentally fir- wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like the furthest Baptist you can imagine. So like just really, they would tell you that the apostles were Baptists, which so, so is dumb because they were Jews. Let's, 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 let's um, qualify here. Was this your specific church or was this like, no, this is the whole denomination. The whole and denomination. my church, uh, the one that I was born into was, pretty it was kind of like the mother church of like if you went to any and it was the strictest it would be the one i was raised in but every church that i visited and like i grew up in ministry and i've been to probably five six hundred of these churches like that's Mm -hmm. not even an exaggeration Mm -hmm. all over the u.s and canada um they're all adhering to this same set of rules Hmm. even if they don't speak it but the church that I was raised in would like write a letter to the church and be like, we've noticed some of the girls are wearing skirts that are a little bit above the knee and that needs to stop. Stuff like that. So it was super legalistic. And this is oh, where yeah. I feel like this is where basically all of church hurt comes in where it's like legalism or judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So this is the way I was raised. Um, I know you asked what courtship was. So that's basically like where a guy goes to the girl's dad because he likes the girl. He's like, hey, um, can I court your daughter, you know, with the intention of marrying her? The dad's like, sure. And then they just go to the daughter and they're like, okay, we're courting now. And it's basically that. It's like, it's very transactional. And um, how many goats? Huh? How many goats are exchanged? How many goats? Um, There were probably like, I want to say like six or seven guys who went to my dad at different points when I was a teen and he turned them all down, which is fine. Um, because I would not have wanted to date any of them. Um, but with courting, you're not allowed to touch at all before engagement and then no kissing until marriage. Wow. Yeah. So no, like no handholding until you're engaged. You're not allowed to say, I love you until you're engaged. And these, these like varied depending on the couple, but that was the general idea was that you don't touch until you're engaged and then you're allowed to hold hands and sit next to each other and like rub up against each other, but you're not allowed to kiss before <laughs> marriage. <laughs> rub up against each other. That sounds, <laughs> it just sounds dirty. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so a lot of rules like that, that I thought were normal. Mm-hmm. And then I got out of it and I was like, oh. So how, how'd you get out of it? Cause like, I, I've, I've heard that a lot of times when you get out of, it's actually hard to get out of a cult like that. Yeah. So and I'm not saying that IFB is all culty, but it, no. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it would technically like classify as a cult. If you looked up the definition of a cult, I don't know mm-hmm. what that definition is exactly, but the, what I was in was very cult like, and it just in the way that like, if you didn't look exactly right, you, you can't sit with us like basically. And so there huh. The church I was in was. So you pretty... went to the Mean Girls version of church. Yeah, yeah, and but I was never. But you weren't allowed to watch Mean Girls. No, I wasn't allowed to watch any. <laughs> I we weren't allowed to watch movies that had any kind of magic, swearing, uh, any sort of sexual content whatsoever. My dad went as far as to say that he didn't want us to watch movies that had any kissing scenes in them because he was afraid that we were going to kiss someone before marriage. Like I'm, t- I'm not, even, I'm not joking right now. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So when I say I was like deep in, I mean like as deep as you like up to my neck. Um, and so when I started to come out of it, I was just okay, so back up. I was from the beginning of my life, from the time I was born, I've been very headstrong and I know that's mm-hmm. like super hard to believe. Um, but <laughs> um <laughs> so hard. <laughs> So really headstrong. My parents actually, while I was growing up, thought that if any of their children were going to leave the faith, it was going to be me. Wow. Which is just, yeah. I was like, thanks. How do you feel about that? I feel like I'm really glad I disappointed them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or didn't meet their expectations. I don't know. I was like, wow. They told me that years later. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm so glad you believed in me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They thought if anyone's going to be the child of the devil it's gonna be that one mm-hmm. um, and here i am but anyway so that's always been my personality has been like you know what i'm gonna push the envelope and mm-hmm. not because i wanted to be rebellious because i wanted to know why and i was never like i want to go against the rules it was just i want to know why they're there like tell mm-hmm. me give me the reason and i'll follow if you give me the reason for something like i can get behind it 100 percent. anything i believe in i'll get behind it but if i if you can't get me to believe in it i'm, I'm there's no way so that's always been my personality right. has just been like a hundred percent in if I can believe in it and if I understand why. And so as I was getting older, more of these rules are just not making sense to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, why do we do all this stuff? And I guess it really, it was because I was starting to like doubt my salvation. And I know a lot of people struggle with that, especially like in circles of legalism, because my experience was that if I just look right and if I act happy all the time, because you're not allowed to have depression or anxiety, those just mean you don't have enough faith. Like they don't exist. You just don't have enough faith. That's what we were taught. So you don't need therapy. You need Jesus. Like psychology is bad. So all the stuff that I was being taught, you know, I'm struggling with these doubts and all I knew how to do was try harder. And so here I was as a kid. So I made a profession of faith, meaning I like prayed a sinner's prayer when I was, I think 11 years old and got baptized, but I didn't feel like anything changed inside. You know what I mean? I was like, I, I feel the same. Cause I was, I was 11 years old. I was obviously a party animal, you know, 
mm-hmm. in the streets at 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so nothing obviously. Really yeah, obviously. So nothing really changed in my life. And I was like, did anything even happen? Like, did I say the wrong words or something? Or is, is God like upset at me about something, you know? So then I was living with that. And I was like, now everyone knows I prayed that prayer because they saw me get baptized. And if I don't act like the perfect Christian, then they're going to make fun of me and think that I'm faking it. So all I have to do is fake it harder. (laughs) So then like for my younger teen years and up until I was like 15 or 16, I really just doubted my salvation. All I knew how to do was work harder. I was like, I just have to try harder. Mm -hmm. And, but then I would fall away from reading my Bible and I would fall away from my prayer life and I had nobody discipling me. There's zero discipleship in IFB. Like, hmm. that's the one thing. Like, they tell you what to do, but they don't ever show you how to actually live like a Christian. They're just like, follow these rules and don't mess up. <laughs> and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have anyone to disciple me. I was the I was a quote unquote missionaries kid, technically. So I had to be perfect all the time because people mm-hmm. expected that of me. You know, mm-hmm. I was the pastor's kid. And so I remember laying awake at night and just begging god not to let me go to hell i was like oh my gosh i like just praying the sinner's prayer over and over and over again and being like i don't know what to do to make this doubt go away like how many times do i have to say this like how many times do i have to beg and as a young teen that was really devastating for me because i felt like as much as i tried right i could never grab onto god and i didn't know why that was and it wasn't until I was an older teen and I started to question all these works that I was doing and God really spoke into me and he was like, you, you don't have to do all these works. You don't have to try and earn your salvation through works because your salvation comes as a result of Jesus finished work on the cross. He already did the work. So you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And so once I, removed my identity from the works that I was doing and put them in the work that Christ had already done for me on the cross, my doubt disappeared immediately. And I have not actually doubted my salvation since then, even though sometimes, you know, I still get away from my Bible. I'll still fall back from my prayer life. I still sin, obviously like nobody's perfect, but there's never been that seed of doubt. That's like, what if I'm not actually a Christian? Mm-hmm. And that assurance comes from not relying on myself and it took me a long time to learn that and so once I started to like gain momentum in that I started to read my bible more I was starting to share content on Instagram um not the account I have now it was a different one but I was starting to blog for girls and write and I just started to have all these doubts about the things I had been taught Mm -hmm. and so I kind of started this deconstruction process, which I know that word scares people to death. But if you do deconstruction the correct way and deconstruct things that you've been told about God and not God himself, Mm -hmm. there is a correct way to do it. Oh, interesting. Um, That's a good distinction. Yeah. So I never doubted who God was and I never doubted who Jesus was. But I doubted every single thing I had been told about him because I was like, what I'm reading in the Bible is not lining up and I'm not seeing these things in scripture and I need to know why. And so I started to question. I was like, I went to my dad and I was just like, why do we do this? Like, why do we dress the way we do? 
is alcohol really a sinful thing? You know, are tattoos and piercings bad? Like, why have you been taught all this stuff? And we started to look through the Bible and he was like, you're right. Like, it's not in there. And so (laughs) started to slowly come out of this stuff. But man, when that happened, when I fully stepped away, I lost everybody in my life except for my mm. family. So every childhood friend, my pen pal of four years, gone. People who I had known. Wait, since wait, 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 wait. Back it up. You had a pen pal? I had a pen pal. Years? Yes. Four years? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. We were, we were good friends. And I lost every childhood friend, everyone who I thought I was close to, because I started sharing verses from the Bible that weren't KJV only because they believe that every other version of the Bible is literally apostate. Like if it's not the King James, it's not actually the Bible. And I was like, do you know that some languages don't have the King James translated into them? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and also the Torah, KJV. (laughs) So it's true. um, So yeah, I went through a really deep season when I was, I want to say I was like 19 years old and that was when I finally started to come out of it. And, um, I was slut shamed because what? I started to, cause I, I was starting to wear pants. I was starting to wear jeans and stuff, which <laughs> sounds so silly. It sounds so silly. It sounds like it, a modern you know? version of the scarlet letter. <laughs> and it sounds so silly to me now on the other side of all of this. And like looking back into what I was in it's like I'm looking into a cage and I'm like how did I not see it for so long and like how was I so blind for so long and just trying to do all this stuff to look right and none of it was what God had asked of me and I yeah so it it also there was like a relationship that was ending at the time and um that didn't go well so there was a lot that came down and looking back now I wouldn't change it because I had placed my identity in those friendships and those relationships and they were, they were drawing me away from God, even though I didn't realize it at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought they were, I thought they were pushing me closer to him, but they weren't. And that became very evident when they decided that they didn't want me once I didn't look like them. Mm. And um, yeah, so I, I lost all of them, but it was okay because through that, even though I was like so depressed and anxious, God Mm -hmm. really showed me that I had him. And if I had him, then I had everything I needed. Mm. So that was kind of the catalyst into who I am now. And I'm still growing a lot and learning so much, but that's a little bit of backstory on how I got to be where I am today. (laughs) Mm. Well, I, you say like you, you don't know how you didn't see it for so long, but I feel like when you're, you're still growing up as a teenager and you're still mm-hmm. supposed to like follow your, and honor your parents, like, you know, obviously to a point, but like you're still growing up. So I feel mm-hmm. like if you are hard, I don't know if you are hard yourself by not seeing it sooner. Like don't feel like you should be hard on yourself because you're, you're literally gr- like grow Like you didn't know any different. Right. So I don't know, just don't have to feel like that. So then um, do you, so for IFB, it was like really interesting because 
a lot of the the legalistic stuff like is not even in the bible so mm-hmm. how, how does that relate to like a stephen furtick or you know maybe a joel osteen who doesn't get it right 100 percent of the time which by the way no one does no, no one, one gets does. it right 100 percent of the time and i will say also that when you're when you're preaching almost every sunday for a whole year and then you multiply that by you know 10 20 30 years like 50 sermons time you know 52 sermons times um how many you know decades that some of these guys mm-hmm. have been preaching like you're gonna make a mistake right and also when you're putting it on youtube you're you're gonna make a mistake i don't know like my mm-hmm. my thoughts on the whole stephen furtick thing um and how everyone is up in arms around him i'm like okay how do you have so much time to watch all these sermons and and like i i guarantee you that the anointing that god has given you is not the anointing of criticism on stephen furtick it's probably for something else and you are you are so distracted by something off that he said and here's the thing i've seen a couple things that he said and it's just like he's like "I, i can see where you're going but it's like not not true right uh, and so but I've done that before. Yeah, I've I've said stuff that I don't even agree with, like like <laughs> six months ago, right? Or right. maybe even yesterday. Right. I, or, I have a funny story about that. Remind me. Yes, I will. But oh. um, <laughs> but these people are so freaking focused on what he's saying and not actually focused on multiplying the talents that they have in front of them. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. And so, like the. the and they're they're spreading disunity in mm-hmm. the church, um, and Psalm one one thirty three says summed up. It's like where there is unity, the Lord commands a blessing, and so they are taking blessings away from their life and other people's lives by not by just not shutting up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, last thing I'll say, and I think you said this too, but my pastors always say this: like whatever is healthy grows. Mm-hmm. yep and so if like the you're supposed to judge people and organizations and churches by their fruit mm-hmm. and um, i'm i'm guessing that stephen furtick and the and the elevation church has led tens of thousands of people to jesus because mm-hmm. their ministry is growing like freaking crazy right well and here's the thing too is that so I have a lot of thoughts on the whole false teacher thing because, um, so like when I was growing up, I, w- I didn't listen to any sermons from anyone who was like a contemporary well-known pastor now. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I started to like transition out of IFB and like do my deconstruction and everything, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of Stephen Furtick. Um, I listened to a lot of Judah Smith and honestly, like they really helped me grow in my perspective of who God is and it not because I needed to listen to them specifically or because I was like following after them. It was just like their sermons helped me to understand who God was because I had no idea who he was. And I started coming out and I was like, wow, I guess I just, I'm not coming out. I started. <laughs> she's finally coming out guys <laughs> coming out guys surprise <laughs> um, no so i started to like walk this new path and 
the only God that I knew was an angry person who was going to punish me if I didn't follow him. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I like, "I don't know the character of God. And so the past several years since then, I've spent just diving into who God is. And like some of Stephen Furtick's sermons really helped me with that. Give me a new perspective. And it doesn't mean that I endorse everything he says. I'll never endorse everything that someone says, like not even myself. Sometimes I'll look back, like you said, and I'll be like, oh, wow who's she, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's wrong. And it's, it's me. And I think <laughs> that she <it's>, is me. <laughs> that she is me. And that scares me too, because I know a lot of like people will say, well, Stephen Furtick is talking to a lot of people. Um, yeah. I have like 42,000 followers collectively on social media. That's a lot of people for me to be influencing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's not that much different, except that I'm not all over YouTube being lambasted for everything I say. Thank God. But I I think... Lambasted? Often... <laughs> yeah. It's a good word. Do you like that word? <laughs> I'm going to steal it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of thoughts about it. And, and then I started to get into... I don't know if you've seen the um, show American Gospel. If you've seen that. I've, stayed, I've tried to stay away from it just because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, all those things are hit pieces I think right I would recommend you see it just so you can like have the perspective of what it brings because I do think it, it does make some good points I watched that a couple of years ago I think or maybe right when it came out and then I started to kind of go down this direction of like not listening to Bethel or um, like thinking that Hillsong is completely like bad church and stuff and what God has brought me around like I've gone full circle with this stuff so whenever people attack me I'm like listen I've been where you are I see what you see and I just need you to know that there are true believers in every single church that professes the name of Jesus Christ there are true believers there even if maybe the church has some doctrinal problems even if the theology is not 100% like there are going to be true believers there and there's still no reason, even if we disagree, to be hateful towards those churches. Our goal should be to bring them to the knowledge of the truth the way that Jesus did and not condemn them. Because I'm like, what good does that do? So now we're all just infighting and battling back and forth, choking each other to death, and nobody is being shown the love of Christ. And right. that's what the law of Christ is, is love. And so when the Bible says we're not under the law, we're under grace, it's talking about the law of Moses, but we are under the law of Christ, which is love. And for some reason, people have fallen away from that and like myself included. And it's brought me so much perspective to just be like, you know what? I don't agree with what this person says entirely, but this particular thing is true. So I'm going to share that and I'm going to encourage people who follow me to discern for themselves what is true and what is not. And I'm not going to condemn anyone as a false teacher unless, I mean, there are some people out there who I'm like, you know what? They're probably a false teacher. But Stephen Furtick, I'm like, I have benefited from some of the things he's said. And if you have a personal conviction against listening to him, that's fine. But be careful where you put that influence. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Not you personally, but like in general. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's so many things out there that are so, so many people that are just wasting their time and wasting other people's time talking about how these people are terrible. And, 
I understand we're supposed to look at be on the watch for like false teachers, but like, right? I, th- I think it's more like, don't like bow down and follow a man no matter what, you mm-hmm. know. And I don't. I honestly like. I don't know. S- Steven said some stuff that that's been out there, but I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's necessarily. A hundred percent. Right. I either. think his heart is in the right place. Like just generally from what I have seen of him, I'm like, I think this man's heart is in the right place. And maybe he says some things I don't agree with, but I'm not going, I know people who literally would be like, he is not a Christian. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't think that that is correct. Obviously it's not my place to try and judge his salvation, but it really Mm -hmm. bothers me when people do that. Mm -hmm. um, Because I grew up around a lot of that. And people would be like, if you don't, so let me, okay. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. When I was growing up, I was not allowed to listen to Michael W. Smith Gentry. Okay. Really? Michael W. Smith, because he, his music was not Christian enough. Michael his W. His music wasn't Christian enough? No. Wait. Wait his music so is like, his music is like the essence of like the I 90s know. and early 2000s Christian. Like, like that is a sound of yeah like my childhood i know i wasn't allowed to listen to any of it because because his his music like provoked a worshipful spirit and that means you might want to move in the service and raise your hands and god forbid you ever even do though, anything rhythmic even though so <laughs> many psalms talk about like raising your hands in in, in victory and in in and worship dancing. and dancing and like david literally played music for Saul, but didn't say it was worship music. You just said it was music to calm his soul, right? To calm the evil spirits. Yeah. When I tell you I don't know where this came from, I I truly mean that because I have no idea where these mm-hmm. ideas came from. Oh but it's gosh. like the yeah, it's insane. But so, what's yeah. what's your what's your taste in music and your opinions on like different music genres? Oh my goodness. I have very broad taste in music. Yeah. Um, a lot of worship music and country music recently. Um, Love it. That's but, my favorite too. Yes. Um, I, but I, I feel like, I feel like, okay, what's so it's funny. And then I notice in myself is that I go through like stages with music where I'll be like all on one type of music. And then my Spotify wrapped will reflect that at the end of the year. And then I just like, will change. And be like, oh, new music. So, like, last year, NF was my top artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have barely listened to him at all this year. Sure. So, I'm like, I guess I'm just in a new season. But I'm not as depressed as I was. So, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, <laughs> so, Do you think NF got, out, got you out of the depression? Or do you think NF helped, helped uh, with, like, keep you depressed? No, I think I just would listen to his music whenever I was, like, feeling sad or upset about myself like I but I don't know if his I wouldn't say his music like pushed me to that it's just Mm -hmm. like what I was more into um but oh my goodness I'm trying to think but recently it's been like a lot of worship music and just searching around and trying to find unique worship music that's not necessarily mainstream and I'm Mm -hmm. pretty good at it actually so well (laughs) recommendations (laughs) I, I um I would love recommendations. I also would like to recommend that um, uh, Awaken Music is coming out with uh, a new album. Oh, really? And yeah, 
and they just came out with a single, I think it was a couple of days ago. I can't remember what it's called. Um, well, I guess I guess I can look it up. But um, yeah, I definitely will. One of my friends sings on it, and oh, I'm really? like really, 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 really excited about this album. That's sick. They're <laughs> awesome. They I mean, are. Awesome. Yeah, if you ever go to San Diego, I'll get you introduced to those people because they're freaking fantastic. It's called yes. Rev- Revive Us. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll definitely look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I might have seen that on my Spotify, but I'll definitely look that up. And it's like my dream to be a worship leader, but I don't really? know. And we'll see. Well, well, I grew up singing, so. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, by the way, talk, talk about this. Let's just get into a little bit. This doesn't necessarily affect anyone listening, but um, we are, I'm recruiting a ton of like singers, songwriters, musicians um, who have a following in that mm-hmm. group. That's awesome. And so, like, I, I think I think we should start a music label. Oh, my gosh. Are you joking me? That would be so cool. No, I think we should. I think we should. I don't know how to start one, but I think we should <laughs> figure it out. Anyway. I think we should. Anyway. No, I just put but a yeah. pin in that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've, I've got so many ideas, and I just need to figure yeah. out how to do them. Um, so we had a conversation, I think, last week about um if he wanted to he would (laughs) yep (laughs) and so what has your you because you posted that on your story and it blew up it did what what was the what has been your impression overall of that conversation because it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. um so i that phrase is one that I've heard and like gone back and forth on for a long time. And it's one that has kind of become really popular in the social sphere and girls will say it all the time. And I used to be like, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if you wanted to, you would. And then I started to think about it more and it was like, "Mm, I don't know. Cause sometimes I want to do things and I don't do them um, often, (laughs) but I, well, I mean like, as far as like reaching out to people, sometimes I'm like, I want to, but I can't necessarily take the time to be there for them the way that I should be. So I mm-hmm. won't, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other times like yesterday I drove a couple hours. So like I, it's, if I wanted to, I would, I did want to, I did. <laughs> um, right. So um, I think that it's a phrase that is far too black and white and polarizing mm-hmm. and honestly just very assumptive and ungracious to whoever you're talking about because if I was to say that about you for instance like that's not taking anything in your life into account that's Mm -hmm. not taking your job into account or you're traveling you were just in Sacramento like if I were going to be like oh if he wanted to he would like well he's traveling right now he's with friends he's you know busy he's hanging out like you gotta you know have grace for that and so to me, it boils down to a lot of the time girls will be like, if I'm in a relationship with a guy and he's not talking to me 24 seven, it means that he doesn't want to. And I'm like, okay, sweetheart, mm. you need to chill that out <laughs> and stop being so entitled. But then on the other side, I can see too, because I've had bad experiences in the past often where guys will just like ghost me. And in that case, I'm like, if he wanted to reach out to me, he would, but he ghosted mm-hmm. me. So I'm like on on one side it is true in a sense, um, but on another it can be really 
ungracious, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really interesting, the attitude that accompanies that phrase. Because it, it, like you said, it seems so entitled. It seems so self-centered. It's all about me. And you're not taking into account anything. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And I, th- I think it's also like, it puts too much of, um, and guys are supposed to pursue. But it also puts too much uh, pressure. Um, and, uh, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to say that. But like, the, it... Okay, so I heard this this story, or this this um, can't remember where I heard this, but it was like back in the day, girls would drop their hankies, right, their handkerchiefs, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that it would create opportunities for guys to approach them. Okay. Right. Right. That was that was the thing, and so yes, the guys pursuing and the guys are initiating, quote unquote, but like the girls were masterminding this whole thing, mm-hmm. right. And so there's, <laughs> I think potentially like all the guys thought that like every girl just had like really weak hand strength because they're, they're dropping all these hankies <laughs> all the time. But, um, but like the, going back to the phrase, like if you wanted to, you would like, well, like, why is it all, I, I, I and I know like, I, and one of my messages is like men like figure out how to take responsibility and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, right. and so I'm not saying, I'm not saying for dudes to be passive here. But it's not all on us to like figure out how to like, right? You know, do do it. It's it, it, and I'm trying to be delicate here because mm-hmm. I have like I'm so passionate about just I'm, like I'm a doer, right? Because uh, right. I, I, but then again, I haven't always been able to do what I've wanted to do, right? Right? Like in the past, I've had huge uh, issues with like anger management. And so I have had anger issues. And so I wanted to fix it, but I just couldn't figure out how to. So I wanted to, but I couldn't. Right. Right. And I've ruined uh, a few relationships because of that. Mm-hmm. And like I, I got divorced because of that. Really. Right. Uh, that was like a big part of the reason. And so um, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a it's a whole deep conversation, mm-hmm. and I think you're right. It does, it does need to be like a case by case thing, because somebody right. could be like on their way to healing, or you know they have all the scars from whatever they went through, and so they are a whole person again, mm-hmm. right? Um, because they've they've done all the work, and which by the way, everybody should go do the work to go heal. There's something. Right. There's something that you got to do. There's something that you got to figure out. And so go to therapy, go to therapy, find a good Christian counselor to go to and talk to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like right now, if, if I wanted to, I would, because I'm at a spot where I can. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So, so would you say, if a guy was if well if a girl was thinking this about a guy and then she communicated her expectations to him and he still didn't do it what would you say about like a situation like that just for the girls because i know that's happened oh if there's if there's communication and and he still doesn't i mean he's not worth it go Mm -hmm. find someone else who will 
Because nice. my 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 big thing is like, like I want to be wanted by someone who wants me. Right. Mm-hmm. So no, that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, if if you if, because it, it, if there's no communication, it, you're just and I, I I get this from JP. Um, like communication eliminates ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. one of the things that God commands men to do is to establish order and order is communicating what is happening, what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the time when, so when I hear girls say this and I've heard a few girls recently, friends even will say this and it's almost like, the so like a scenario would be like you walk into a church and you see a cute guy and you're like oh i wish he would talk to me and so you just like put yourself in your his vicinity and then they're like if he wanted to he would and then he if he doesn't they're like oh i guess he didn't want to talk to me <laughs> and in that situation i'm like maybe you should say hi to him then like because i'm i'm like I'm an outgoing person, but I'm not the kind of person who's. You gonna... gotta drop the hanky. I gotta drop the hanky, but I'm not the kind of person like who's gonna go up to someone in public and approach them like cold approach. You know what I mean? Like without knowing them at all. Like that's pretty rare for me. Um, mm-hmm. But girls will complain then and be like, "Well, if a guy wanted to talk to me, then he would. Like maybe he's a little shy. You should mm-hmm. encourage him in that a little bit." So that's what mm-hmm. I see it the most. Is they'll just be like, "Well." If he wanted to pursue me, he would. And I'm like, maybe he doesn't know that you want to be pursued. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be communication, right? Uh-huh. Some sort of verbal, nonverbal. And like, just the, the easiest way, not necessarily the best way, but the easiest way is to like, ask for an introduction. Mm-hmm. Or just, I mean, here's here's what doesn't happen a lot. It's uh, kind of, I mean, I, I think it'd be a, like a kind of quote unquote romantic way, but like ask for an introduction and be like, hey, like say, hey, like so-and-so thinks you're cute. Like, and what's your, and what's your number? Like that'd be, that doesn't happen today. And that yeah. would be, that would be like a romantic thing. Yeah. You know? See, I've never had anyone do that for me. <laughs> personally but i was gonna say i don't meet that many guys but i actually meet a ton of guys because of where i work but <laughs> at the gym yes yeah yeah i pretty much have seen every guy in my city at this point i think they're really? slim pickings let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> you're in madison <laughs> yes yeah madison wisconsin step your game up it's liberally it's communist Really? Do you <laughs> think bad. that that contributes to um, unattractive men? Oh, 100%. Really? Do you think that 100%. liberal men are more unattractive than conservative men? To me? Yeah. <laughs> or in general, yes. <laughs> mm, yes. But, like, I can always tell who they are because they have masks on, so. Because <laughs> you gave it to their face. <laughs> I like, like gave it to your face. Like, I'm, that's I, fine. like eyes are attractive, but I'm not going to be attractive to just yeah. your eyes. Right. No. Come on, um. man. I know. <laughs> there's there, there's been this like this like sex strike 
from liberals. And I, like, I if know. you're like, I post on my, my, my Instagram and they're just like overweight, blue hair, like all these crazy, <laughs> ugly piercings, like really just a, just a, like Jesus loves them. I, and I know it's true, but I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke, but <laughs> oh just, God. just really unattractive people. And they're like, if you're, if you voted for Trump or you're a conservative or you're a Christian or you're all this stuff, like, I, I don't want to date you. Like you are canceled. And I'm like, well, I would love to be canceled by like, you. Just like, that's, fine. that's the dream. Like, well, I think I posted on my, on my, <laughs> on my Twitter and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a huge loss. It's so big, sad. Big L. Big L. <laughs> big L's all day. Oh man. Um, but that, um, Oh, brings me back to that story I was going to tell you earlier. Do you want to hear? A- yes. It's kind of embarrassing for me. Um, well, we love that. But but it's about you. So Clickbait. you should enjoy oh, really? it. So, okay. So I have known, I knew who you were before you knew who I was. Okay. Um, How? And How? Just through so, social? Right? Yeah. So I followed you on Instagram when you were still doing like all your political videos, like way back at the beginning of last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you like took a break, right, from posting mm-hmm. last year. So I followed you on there, and I think I, I just liked what you were talking about, and I didn't know who you were, but I liked what you were talking about, and I, I think I thought you were cute, to be honest. And so I was like, I'm ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. don't let it go to your head. Um, okay. <laughs> so. I followed you and then <laughs> you know how like when you're a creator and you follow another creator you're like I hope they follow me back so we can be friends you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you didn't follow me back so I was like oh wow rude even though you didn't know like like I was just like oh kind okay, of well whatever because when you're conservative too like you want to connect with other conservatives you know mm-hmm. so um I was following you on there for a while and you used to share your tweets this was before I was even on Twitter because I didn't start posting on Twitter till like summer of last year um really yeah um so you were posting your tweets though and one of them that you tweeted i think i found it the other day and took a screenshot of it let me see if i can find it um no way yeah so let me see if i can find this tweet that you shared and this is so embarrassing for me okay so you you (laughs) posted this is in april of last year and you said if you post a vaccine selfie i'll block you delete your number from my phone and forget you ever lived yeah i remember i remember doing that (laughs) so i (laughs) i saw that tweet and i was like that's not very (laughs) christ-like that's so funny and so then i posted out my story and like dragged you you dragged me yeah what do you what do you mean dragged me i don't even remember what i said but i was like i i definitely like cut into you on there but you never saw it because you didn't follow me (laughs) Um, oh my gosh yeah so um that's so funny isn't that hilarious what did you say i don't the story i think i must have deleted it like at like before it expired but i couldn't i couldn't find it i tried so hard um but I I was like, this is not very christ-like because you should love everyone regardless and (laughs) now that i know you it's like different but i (laughs) i just think it's so funny and then i was on twitter and i saw that you would follow me one day and i was like oh i know who that guy is 
because I was like, it's that guy like with the vaccine selfie, like hater dude, whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't even remember when I followed you back. And then we like, I don't, I don't even remember how we like started talking or, or I don't know. But anyway, that's um a little bit of, because I didn't like you. Remember how I told you that the other day? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a little. And I used to be mean to you on Twitter. Like, let's be honest. Um. Well, here's the thing. I probably deserve it. <laughs> you definitely didn't. I found some screenshots the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that was mean," but it's fine. That's funny. <laughs> no. So I. And here's a perfect example of something that I wouldn't say publicly anymore. I still probably think this. Like, I don't want to know people who are going to post a selfie right. of their vaccine card. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that was a thing when I tweeted that. Like, mm-hmm. the vaccine had just come out and everyone oh, was I know. like, oh, my gosh. People were, like, worshipping it. And I was like, oh, you're such a weirdo. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? And you're and- 100% correct for that. Completely valid. <laughs> Yeah, and so it, it wasn't it wasn't Christ-like to to tweet it. However, um, Jesus did flip tables, and so I felt yeah. like I was you know ruffling some feathers by doing that. Um, right. But you're right. I mean, the whole point of that tweet was to ruffle feathers, not to speak the truth in love. Well, so... I mean, point across. But I think it's funny now because now that we know each other, it's just funny to me that I did that <laughs> before I ever knew you. And then, yeah. Yeah. So you were talking crap behind my back. I was. I mean, it well, was out in the open. Thank you for telling me. In you found it. I could have found it. Thank you for telling me to my <laughs> face. By the way, on a podcast. Yeah. So now it's it's memorialized forever in the annals of this. So like, it's it's out there. But yeah. Um, wow. So now I I don't feel the same now. <laughs> well, that's good. I thought it was funny, but That's I was also good. pretty immature as a new influencer. As a new influencer? A new influencer. Yeah. You know, well, here's the thing. 2020, I was a, a new influencer as well. So. Yeah. What's your story? With uh, social media? Uh, with anything. With anything. With anything. I mean, uh, I started at the beginning, so like, it's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see. I grew up in a very legal, not quite as legalistic as you, holy cow, mm-hmm. but it was, it was awesome. pretty bad. <laughs> um, well, it, 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 it was more of the community that we grew up in that was super legalistic. Like this one church, this one Presbyterian church was like, cr- like not crazy, but just judgmental legalistic. Um, like all the kids were like the classic like Lori Ingalls Wild or like homeschooled nice. type like very me, like <laughs> what I said that was me baby <laughs> oh my gosh well it, so it wasn't quite as bad but that's how I, I'm gonna describe like homeschooled mm-hmm. kind of square Christian kids like you know those kids like yeah. not athletic um, <laughs> very artsy like you know the whole nine yards yeah and so um. We grew up. That's we, so funny. Yeah, we, we grew up. We were like we were homeschooled. Uh, we went to like co-op, like private Christian type schools. Like I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a Montessori school. Uh-huh. That was like two days a week. And um, anyway, so like some of the 
some of the the moms that were like our hall monitors and teachers and and stuff like that were just really cruel to our faces now come to find out years later that they actually really enjoyed us but they were trying to which is weird but they were trying to do like the it takes a village approach and Mm -hmm. we're like trying to like correct us but like we're shaming us and so just to give for some perspective like the jeevers family we're loud and we like to have a great time. We like to joke and we're just like, we're rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the life of the party. Um, and that didn't go over well with all these, all these folks. Mm-hmm. And so, but here's, here's what's really interesting is that, you know, when you're a kid and you're growing up and you like, you hear something or you get told something and you're like, Oh, like, well, that makes sense. And so you take it on as an identity even though mm-hmm. it may not be true at all. That's that's what happened to us. Like we got labeled as like the rebel kids because we mm-hmm. were like loud and I'm not and, and rambunctious and we mm-hmm. would like bend the rules and do all this stuff. And so we got we got labeled like the rebels. Mm-hmm. And so then That's I... shocking to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well it comes full circle and you all you, you understand. Um and so I like took on that label and I was like, I'm going to be a rebel. And so, but what I was rebelling against was my small little worldview of the Christian community that, that we were in. I didn't Mm -hmm. have a broad public school. We were homeschooled, very sheltered. Like the only like glimpse of like, like the real world, I guess was swim team. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was, um, I was just rebelling. Like I was trying to like, well, like I was swearing and listening to little Wayne and doing all these like, you know, not necessarily crazy stuff, but mm-hmm. um, like the first time that I like got drunk, I was 17 years old and I passed out and mm-hmm. had to get our pump, our stomachs pumped and everything. Like it was nuts. Wow. Like super crazy. And then, um, so I was still rebelling, 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 like got to college, um, I went down to Southern California to go swim um, on a scholarship down there at a, at a NAIA school and partied, went crazy, drank all the time, got mm-hmm. kicked out of the dorms, got, got kicked out of school. It was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. I did do pretty well with swimming though. Um, I qualified for nationals, but nice. the extracurricular activities were just, just nuts just not making good decisions mm-hmm. because I was trying to be this, this rebel. And I was like, I was like, I, I knew God was real. I knew he was there, but I was just like, I'm just going to do this because I don't mm-hmm. care. And I don't know why I didn't care. It was like, I, I, I still don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but I knew I was a rebel. I knew I, like I had to be. And so um, I transfer up to um, a school in Spokane um, or a Spokane area, Cheney, uh, called Eastern, Eastern Washington University, go Eags. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the first weekend I'm there, I meet my future ex-wife. And so wow. we, yeah, we like party and like, we were basically like drunk the first like three months of our relationship. If you want to wow. call it that it mm-hmm. was, it was nuts. Like, three, four, five nights a week. Um, 
I don't know how I did that because like now I I don't even drink right now. Right. But if but if I did, I wouldn't be able to. I don't know. It was freaking nuts. We were tanks. Um, <laughs> You're a kid. You can do anything. <laughs> we, were, we were overcomers. Um, and so we ended up actually dropping out of school and getting married. Um, and we, I, I brought all this like crap into our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like we, um, like I, I had huge issues with, with drinking. I was addicted to nicotine. Um, I was addicted to pornography. I had anger issues. And so like, just this like trifecta of this craziness um and then like try to fit like and we were trying to have like a godly marriage but we just were like operating on this like foul just ugly foundation Mm -hmm. of who we had decided that to become right do you know what i'm saying and so there was like we would fight all the time it was so so bad we would drink a ton we would fight a ton, like yell at each other, like just it was just like, like, like toxicity to the max, mm-hmm. and it was just absolutely just bonkers. And so um, we ended up getting divorced. Uh, she left me, and then I, I ended up. I, I had to go through. I had to just for for me and try to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, why I was you know being so stupid. And so I went through like three to. actually probably like five therapists that year i went to five therapists like deliverance ministries anger management like the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. it was it was i mean like tens of thousands of dollars in in therapy that year Mm -hmm. it was absolutely crazy and so she she still ends up um divorcing me that year and i it, it was really interesting um the book Pilgrim's Progress, you know, Christian, yeah. he, he goes up on the hill and like the, the, the burden falls off of him. Yeah. Right. At the cross. Right. And so I had a, a very similar experience that whole year. I was so depressed. I was anxious. Like I literally. So the, the like add, to add insult to injury, my grandma died that year. My, mm. my wife left me and I lost my job. Wow. And so I moved back in with my parents and I was like laying on the couch, just like not, not knowing what to do. I'm, I'm not kidding. I watched the office like three times, <laughs> three times that year, the whole wow. show three times that year <laughs> and season nine when um, Jim and Pam like have their like marital issues. Like mm-hmm. literally I can remember like where I was, why I obviously I was on the couch but like, like, like I can remember, I remember the moments of like, yeah. oh, like this, this is like, I have marital issues. Like what's, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah, it was so wild and crazy. Uh, the, one of the worst things that happened that year, to be honest, was I remember vividly, I was in my apartment um, and it was like, it, it was probably a month and a half after she had left me. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't told anyone. I was so alone so mm. scared so so just I, I, I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. and so I broke down I was in the bathroom 
uh, I don't know why I went to the bathroom and make this like really important call. I wasn't actually going to the bathroom. I was just in the mm-hmm. bathroom. And I called my my mom mm-hmm. and I said, hey, can you get dad too? And she's like, dad's here. And I was like, okay, cool. Like she, she left me. She's Aww. gone. Wow. And it was, it was this like, I was scared to tell them mm-hmm. because I thought they would be mad at me. Oh. And they weren't. Yeah. Why did you think they would be mad at you? Because of the reason why she left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that year was like so bad, but also so good at the same time. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I learned that I applied that like in, in the years to come that has really shaped like who I am today. Yeah. Like the whole concept of, and actually the pastor drew my pastor um, taught on this today. And I, I freaking love it. You know, the, like the, the verse, love the Lord, your God with your heart, soul and mind yeah. and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, the last part, like love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have to be able to love yourself they be able to love your neighbor but you can't really love yourself until you know who you are and you don't really know who you are until you figure out where your identity is rooted in and the, the mm. absolutely the number one way to find out who you are and have your identity rooted in something good is to have your identity rooted in god right right you can have your identity rooted in whatever you want because we have free right. choice but like absolutely the 100 percent the best way to know who you are is to have your identity rooted mm-hmm. in the creator, in the source, right? And yeah, so um, that verse, that concept really helped me grow after this crazy tragedy that happened. And so mm-hmm. um, I still had a couple, a couple rough years. Like I was really, really hurt because, okay, so here, here's the other thing that happened too that year. Yeah. Everyone left me. All my friends left me. Mm-hmm. Um, all my friends left me. She actually ended up getting married six months after my, uh, like after we got divorced. And I, I don't think that like everyone's like, oh, is she cheating? I don't, I don't think so. Like, probably not. It doesn't matter at all. Like it, there was just there's there's no drama to look back on it. Like she's living her life, I'm living mine. It still hurt, you mm-hmm. know. It's it's still it's still really hurt. Um, and so I still had a couple like I had a couple lonely years because everyone left me, and I was still like healing and from this this thing. Right. And so COVID ends up happening, and I'm I'm well. Okay, I take that back. Um, like end of 2020 or sorry, end of, end of 2019, I start, uh, I start dating this girl and I take her on a few dates and she f- basically, she doesn't say this like overtly, but mm-hmm. she basically says like, you don't have any community. That's her red flag. I'm right. not going to, I'm not going to date you anymore. And she had done a really good job of like building community and she was talking about how she was like really happy about it and she built it through church. And I was like, oh, I've actually been looking for a community. Like, why don't I go to church? Because right. I had I had grown up in this great, great church. We had this fantastic youth group, met some of my greatest friends there. Um, just, just j- like so many good memories, like so many fun memories. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, 
I'm going to go back to, I'm gonna, I'll go back to church. Anyway, I had gone to church like off and on, but like I wasn't involved. I wasn't serving. I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I go, <laughs> I go to this, um, actually go to, to Judah Smith's church, okay. uh, tr- church home. Um, because that's, that's up here. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's the church I'd, I'd gone to like off and on. It, it, it was a cool church to go to. It was a tr- the the trendy church to go to, right? Right, right. Um, and so, it's a gr- it's a great church. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, I I disagree with some of the stuff that that Judas says in his stance on st- on some stuff, mm-hmm. but um, so he, it, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can share this. No, I'll, I'll share it anyway. Um, <laughs> they are they are doing church home is doing numbers in countries like Iran and China. Uh-huh. Like numbers, like millions of downloads a week. That's crazy. And so when everyone when everyone hates on Judah for taking a really strong stance on BLM, and, and in my opinion, it's the wrong stance because uh-huh. I don't think he fully understands the, the Marxist roots and what that actually means for the family unit, which is anti-God. Right. Um I don't think he understands that. But here's the thing. He's one of the greatest communicators of all time. Mm-hmm. I, firmly, I firmly believe that. And he's doing numbers in places that can't have church. And so these people are risking their lives to listen to Judah, which I believe is an anointing. I think that guy is just a talented and he's gifted and he's got a, a th- yeah. Anyway, um, that's my little take on Judah. I don't like that's what he amazing. says, <laughs> but I, I think he's amazing. Right. Um. Anyway, I go up to the the next steps bar, and I go up to the guy and I say, I say, all right, I have joined some groups that have sucked. And he looked at me <laughs> like like he's like, what the heck? Like no one said this to me. Like he didn't say that, but he, that was his eyes. And so I said, I want to join a group that doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is I can hear you saying that too. <laughs> I can totally see you saying that. Well, here's the thing. You just did hear me say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, 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 I go up to him and, and I, I say this. He, he literally looks at me for like, I'm not kidding, like 20 seconds. Right. It's like awkwardly long at this point. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, how old are you? And I'm like, I told him my age. I think I was 26 at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, all right, I got you. And so he, he goes and introduces me to this guy named uh, Levi. Mm. and uh levi is the ultimate connector like he is so good at what he does um and he introduced me i'm not kidding in the next like two months he introduced me to over a hundred people through the groups that he invited me to it was spectacular like (laughs) i i met so many people i think i joined like three or four groups maybe even like five Right. It was it was a running group. It was a, a men's group. It was a young, a young adults group, a business group. Yeah, so that's four or five. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I got involved in church. I got super connected with like the the young community. The and it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow I got into like some really really cool circles too. Like some of these people I was talking to were like very like influential in their own right. And I was like, what the heck? Like what's going on? Like, this is weird. This is super weird. So I started going to this, this men's group, um, through, uh, well, it wasn't necessarily through church home, but it was a bunch of guys 
um, at church home that made mm-hmm. this men's group. And I don't, I don't like that model anymore. It really worked for us, but it wasn't very duplicatable, right? Mm-hmm. Because whatever is healthy grows. And so right. like, I, and this, this is a conversation about covering too, which is a really interesting conversation, especially for people in Seattle mm-hmm. because they don't, they don't get it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm a part of this group and one of the guys in the group meets my pastors today. And they, well, my pastors have a, an amazing story. They came up to, they got, they, they were from Awakened Church down in San Diego, Pastor mm-hmm. uh, Jurgen and Pastor Leanne. Um, fantastic church down there. Um, if you're in San Diego, go to Awakened Church. Um, anyway, um, so they, they were planted from Awakened Church. And that's a, that's a really important distinction uh-huh. Because they didn't, they, they weren't uh, went, right? They didn't leave a church to go plant another church. They were sent. Right. Um, and so it's, um, they left their last church with great standing. They had the fastest growing campus at the fastest growing church in America. Right. They were absolutely crushing it. Um, and so they, but they came up here uh, March of 2020. Uh-huh. And so right as all the news was coming out, and by the way, the first coronavirus case in America supposedly was in Kirkland, Washington, right? Like literally, literally a mile away from church home. It started all, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. And so I know we're, and so like they're driving up to this place that's like contaminated. The, the whole coast is shutting down as they're driving up. Right. And so my, like one of my friends met them like a day after they got up here, which was March 16th, the mm. day after everything shut down. Right. And yeah, so I remember that day. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was weird. It was wild. Everyone was texting everybody. He's like, you alive still? Are you alive? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had a uh, lot of things to say then, but <laughs> did you? Well, one of the things I said was, I hope I get it so I can prove it's not that bad. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure I, I said that too. I never got it. You haven't still haven't gotten it? No. I think I have the monkey pox right now. Currently. You do? Yeah. Don't give it to, you're how are you on a podcast together and you didn't warn me that you have the monkey pox? Well, it's that just, wasn't uh, very caring. <laughs> not super loving. You're gonna your, give me the monkey pox through your, the podcast? Is your middle name Karen? Um, yes, actually. No, is it really? No. <laughs> probably Marie. It's or, not wow. Wow. Or, a, or, or he thinks I'm a basic white girl. No, my middle <laughs> name is Be- <laughs> my middle name is Bethany. Bethany. Okay. Hope, yeah. Anyway, so anyway. back to my story about I know I I haven't missed the part that I'm still a rebel. Okay, like don't miss mm-hmm. that part. Um, and so I get involved in their church. And there, we, we literally start having services around the same time that, like, and this was in their living room, around the same time mm-hmm. that Black Lives Matter had, like, started to take over Seattle. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wasn't that the first, was that the first place they took over? Um, I think. Well, Black Lives Matter actually took over part of Seattle, right? So they I remember that, them. and that was crazy. It, it, it was the chop. It was called the chop. They, they did it. Right. In- oh, that's right. They did it in Portland too, by the way. Um, okay. But it, the the Seattle chop was 
like really publicized. And so right. I was watching this whole thing unfold. I was watching the Black Lives Matter thing un- unfold. And I was like, and I, and I'd kind of known this already, but just having the whole thought process and like really getting it solidified was like, everyone's okay with this. And mm-hmm. everyone's going along with this like kind of left-wing liberal agenda Right. Why is everyone going along with this? I thought the left-wing liberal agenda was more of a rebel thing, but they have the mainstream media behind it, and they have big corporations behind it, and they have this and that and the other thing behind it. And so I started to realize that what I was doing in the life that I was living, I wasn't actually being a rebel. Uh I I was following the crowd. Right. And so I know God has given me this like this like rebel like like zealous spirit for a reason. And so when I figured that out, I was like, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be a rebel. I don't want to rebel against the traditional values that this country was founded on. Right. I want to rebel. Like I want to rebel against this like socialist communist." Um, ideology that has right. started to take over well that has really started to show his face because it's already taken over it's like show his mm-hmm. face and so i dove into church like crazy i i and this is like about the time that i went viral on on tiktok mm-hmm. um and i i went viral on tiktok for being a christian conservative in seattle mm-hmm. so like like literally this this thought process from watching this like BLM riots unfold and the, and the chop unfold has like kind of ignited my spirit into this crazy journey that I've that I've gone on and right. like and being a part of this church has been unbelievable. I've been able to like my pastors are like just unbelievable thinkers and and theologians and like they're just so they're so good they're they're so empowering too they're they're teaching a lot about like the holy spirit and the authority that we have in christ and like one of the the questions that i've been asking myself a lot just by being part of their church is like what if we actually believe that the same power that raised christ is from that actually lived in us what if we actually believe that they're not just said it like, how would our life change? Like, what if mm-hmm. we actually believe that we could, like, speak to the mountain and it would throw itself in, the, in there? Like, what? Like, that's, it sounds so fantastic. But what if we actually believe? No, it? but I ask myself that all the time, too. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it, this is long-winded, but. Um, no, it's okay. It's good. Um, but, yeah, so social media blew up and then we have grown the church and I've been able to get some crazy opportunities through social media. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of how I got to where I am. Nice. So yeah, that's I will incredible. say, I will say, and I want to do a whole podcast on this um, uh-huh. and I want to find a really, really good guest. So if you know of somebody yeah. but like, like serving in the church and being like bought into the church's vision has enabled me to have it. And I posted this on my Instagram has enabled me to have a very unique church experience. Yeah. 
And I don't, but I don't think that it's unique to me because mm-hmm. I, I do know that I'm, I'm loud and I, I can draw attention. I, I'm really good right. at inviting people and stuff, but I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that like it's that experience can only be unique to me. Right. Of being like that outgoing person who's constantly reaching out to people. Um, no, like I have been able to be discipled mm-hmm. by some incredible people because of uh, and maybe I don't know like I'm and maybe I'm still trying to process this in my head mm-hmm. too because like I I serve wherever I can in church right. I serve wherever I can and so like right now I'm leading a team. Uh, it's called the we're the social media like ambassador team. So we're just basically mm-hmm. like shooting content and posting it to our stories and tagging Hope right. Village, um, which is fantastic, and engaging on posts and stuff like that. So it's like you know small stuff. And then mm-hmm. um, I built up the logistics team, and uh, now I'm on the parking team. And I used to serve in kids' church, and right. And so like I'm I'm like all in, and so right. because of that, like I've been able to get discipled by. Um, by um, some of the people in the church that I, that I really, really admire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, following through with a lot of things that they've told me to do. And so it's like, it's really interesting when, when you, when you go all into a, a vision and, and attach yourself to something that's bigger than you, mm-hmm. you know, the, the local church is bigger than you and right. it's actually bigger than, um, just even the local church because of the the whole concept of the bride of Christ, right? Um, and there's a whole bunch of blessings that come with the obedience of that, right? I'm 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 convinced of it because it's hundred percent because it's it's happening in my life, right? So anyway, no, yeah. that's good. That's actually something I've been thinking about lately because I um I listened to this really great sermon about discipleship yesterday. Um, as I was just driving back from Chicago and it was, it was like a different perspective that I hadn't necessarily thought of before, because when we say discipleship, like a lot of people just throw that word around and they don't actually know what it means and they don't actually apply it to their own life. Like for me, like me, for example, like when I was growing up, I had no discipleship. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, I just went to church every time the doors were open. I was at camp meetings. I was at, I was singing every weekend and so I was kind of left out like to dry because I was just like well I just have to figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. and that led to like to so much doubt and stuff and if I had not been well grounded in God's word because of my parents I would have I don't know where I'd be right now and thankfully I have good parents who like taught me the truth but I know a lot of people don't have that. And so then when they start to like ask questions and stuff, they just like veer off because they don't know where to even go, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think like what God has been consistently hammering into me recently has been like discipleship, 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 because the church most often, unfortunately, would rather divide than disciple. They'd rather put up walls in between each other and be like, well, you're not like us. Like you're not, you don't hold the same standards or like we don't have the same doctrine and the same theology. And like Mm -hmm. we have all these walls that Jesus would totally knock down 
if he were here on earth with us right now. And so God has just been like, just speaking to me about discipleship so much and how I can use that in my own influence to actually reach people and make an impact. Because obviously like when you're on social media, it's a little bit different because you're not there with people to disciple them every single day, but like having intentional conversations, actually being there for people when they reach out and like being able to be the person that I needed when I was asking these questions. And I feel like that's kind of what God has called me into. And it's terrifying <laughs> because I'm like, how, how can I be the person that I needed? You know, cause I needed someone who was so much more knowledgeable than mm-hmm. I was. And I don't feel like I'm always that person. You know, I'm like, I I'm like, who am I? Like, literally i'm literally nobody like i Mm -hmm. you know and so but in this like god has been drawing me out because i used to i used to really get into the arguments about like any secondary issues and i'd be like yeah like i'll argue about that like you know if you want to fight like i will i will fight you i will i will win too like Mm -hmm. that was my attitude you know and now i'm like i literally don't care like sometimes i'll say something and put it out there but people try to argue with me and i'm like i literally don't care like I am not going to argue with you about this because it doesn't matter to me. And that's because God has just been working on me so much with that. And I've asked him like this year, my whole prayer has been just like, make me humble. And um, that's scary. Don't pray that unless you like mean it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you will. And so, but recently it's just been discipleship has like been what I'm hearing and I'll send you the sermon too. um, But it, just resonated with me so much because jesus took ordinary men and gave them an extraordinary vision that literally changed the entire world Mm -hmm. and is still changing the world today because of their influence and like 12 fishermen like and tax collectors and just dudes who did not mean anything and if they had never met jesus we would not know who they are right and because of his one like command to follow him and his mm-hmm. one vision, they have changed the entire course of history. And I just think that's so incredible because we might feel like we have zero influence. And I'm sure that they did. Like when they were founding the early church, they were probably like, whatever, like <laughs> we're just one person, you know, mm-hmm. but one person can reach one more person and they can reach one more. And so I think that's what discipleship really is, is just multiplying one person at a time and then like Mm -hmm. that's how the church grows but we're so focused on the division that we've neglected the discipleship and that's what our calling is to go into the world and make disciples Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. there's a a little rant for you about discipleship that's been on my mind (laughs) oh yeah and i think i think a lot of people too they they talk about mentorship and discipleship as the same thing Mm -hmm. I, i don't think it is no they're definitely not I think that discipleship, the whole, the whole uh, concept of it is you want to like pass on and, and, and reach one more person. Like you were saying, right. mentorship, I think you take, but you don't give mm-hmm. like it stops with you. Right. And so like, it's so like the, the, the great commission is, wouldn't happen if it was mentorship. Right. But that's what a lot of churches try to make it into. And mm-hmm. I was actually, so I was in Nashville a couple or was it a couple weeks ago now? Like last Sunday, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to a church there. It was really good. And Which one? Like 
it was called um long hollow mm-hmm. really good you should visit it when you're there i think you would like it um but um i it's just because like i had a friend who, who went there and so i just visited but the sermon was really good it was about how jesus was a humble guide and like that's what he came to do and he was talking about spiritual maturity and how a lot of christians will um they'll they'll be like well i'll wait till i'm spiritually mature or i'll wait till i've learned more about theology or till i have gone to seminary or you know whatever it is and they wait to go into ministry but Mm -hmm. that's because we've made ministry into this profession when it's actually supposed to be a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and being a christian is full-time ministry no matter where you are and it doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor or a worship leader or teach a Sunday school class or serve at church every Sunday. It just means that you have to be ministering where you are. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of Christians take that for granted. And so they're like, well, I'm not serving at church, so I don't have any influence. But I'm like, you talk to your neighbors. Like you have influence. You can sh- shine the light of Jesus like everywhere you go. And it doesn't mean that you have to be speaking from the pulpit. Like just living your life in a different way that is countercultural, that is against what the world is doing. Like that in and of itself is enough. Mm-hmm. But I think we have distorted what ministry is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so we think of ministry as like a profession and not a lifestyle. And I, I want to change that. Oh, it has to be lifestyle. Like it has to be. And I've incorporated it into like everything that I do basically like Mm -hmm. everything that I do is through the lens of the church. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I met this guy at at my gym today and he's, he's newer and I hadn't seen him before. And I just started chatting with him and he told me what he did. And it was just like really niche. um, this really niche section of uh, real estate. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Like, like I know some people who can like who you should meet like to, to benefit because right. I'm always connecting right. Um, yeah. And so he's like, oh, sick! Like, 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 where do you meet all these people? I was like, oh, through my church. He's like, oh, where do you go to church? And I was like, Hope Village Church. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, I've been trying out churches. Like, let me let me try out yours. And I'm like, absolutely, mm. you should for sure come. And so I grabbed his number, and I was going to come to church next week. But nice. it's like I didn't even necessarily talk about Jesus. Right. I was I was just working out like crazy, and I made eye contact with this dude, and now right. we're now we're gonna be friends. Right. And well, now that's we're gonna the do thing. Business together. We're gonna go to church. Like it's yeah. Right. No, that's awesome. But that's the thing is that you don't always have to talk about Jesus because Jesus will talk about himself. Like. Right. Like he'll. You don't always have to be speaking and like, like preaching the gospel every second of the day and be like, if I'm not talking. Like, if I'm not speaking in scripture verses, then I'm not doing it the right way. I'm like, no, you, the gospel is something to be lived. Like, Christianity is something that you just do. It's not something Mm -hmm. that you have to speak about constantly. It's something that you are. Mm -hmm. I am a Christian. Like, I am a child of God. That's an, that's an identity. Mm -hmm. And if I'm walking in that identity, it's going to show whether or not I'm reminding people that I have an identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that you live that out well. I think you do. Well, I try to. It's uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 easier said than done. Um, oh, so hundred <laughs> percent. But but like but like to be honest, I don't even necessarily talk to people like random people I don't know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Because in my opinion, that's weird. And right. people are going to be turned off. And so, but, but like you said, Jesus talks about himself. So I invite people to church and I let my pastor talk about Jesus. Right. Right. And then, yeah. And then I just let the church do the rest of the work and we, you know, become friends and, but I'm part of the church. So I'm doing the work. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I mean, Jesus was a networker, so he didn't go out to every single person that he, that was, you know, so like he fed 5,000 people. He didn't go out to those 5,000 people individually and tell them like to follow him and tell them like you, this is why I'm here. I'm the Messiah. Like this, yada, yada, yada. He didn't mm-hmm. do that. He knew somebody who knew somebody and they knew somebody. And he had a friend who has a friend. He has a friend who has a friend. And yeah. so that's, that's what discipleship is. It's knowing somebody who knows somebody and like net Christianity is, is networking. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And well, let me, but let me tell you though. Okay. So I know you said you don't go up to people like cold approach. When I was an IFB, we did do that. It was the worst. So we would like get gospel tracks that were just like printed off, you know, and we would take hundreds of those and then walk up and down neighborhoods and knock on doors and like give people gospel tracks mm-hmm. and then try to like witness to them at their doorstep. Wow. Yeah. Um, which was just traumatizing because one time a guy threatened to like shoot my brother <laughs> if he didn't leave. So like, I was like, I don't know this is necessarily what Jesus intended because I don't think that people are, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but like not very many people are being impacted by that because what they see is, yeah. is this like, this is the Jehovah's witnesses, but they're wearing denim skirts, <laughs> you know? So nice. like, um, they're so, Canadian Jehovah's Witnesses. Canadian Jehovah's Witnesses. Mormons, but women. So I don't know. Like, but. <laughs> oh my so gosh. I'm like, did I impact anyone by doing that? I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. Because I. He, like, because he did it. <laughs> because I did it. I'm like, listen, I would hope that I would get some <laughs> sort of reward for that. But I don't know. And so like now it just looks so much different. Sharing mm-hmm. the gospel is so much different. And I don't like stand at work with my coworkers and say like, well, you need to repent and believe because the kingdom of heaven is a hand. You know, I don't say that stuff, but mm-hmm. my coworkers all know that I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and they bring up questions about like abortion or LGBT, things like that. And they're like, why don't you think that's okay? And I'm like, that's a conversation I'm willing to have with you. Yeah. But I'm not going to preach and like shove my religion down your throat, you know? Right. Even though they do it to us. Even though they do it does. They they do it, but we shouldn't return evil for evil. Ugh. Even though I want to so bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but is sharing the gospel evil? Is that what you're no. saying? No, I'm just saying like shoving down someone's throat. Yeah. <laughs> the gospel's yeah. not evil. Please, yeah. no one to please nobody quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna clickbait this thing. You're going to click, but Christiana said the gospel is evil. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of good content I could, I could clip in this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, an, I have enough haters that you might get some views on this one. You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. This actually might be a good place to stop, too. We, we've been going for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Hour and a half, baby. So much.
So much good stuff in here. Well, yeah, excellent. Sure. Um, any any final parting thoughts? Do you want to plug your social medias at all? Oh, um, social media. It's just my name. Like if you just look up my name, I'm probably the first person who'll pop up because I'm probably the only person who has this name. So really? it's not Christina though. Christiana. I was actually named from Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. That's how my dad got my name. Um, and he actually used to sell. Like he would go and like find old books and sell them and he had his own bookstore and he named it christiana's bookshelf so wow so i had a bookstore named after me not to flex on you or mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. but like you know subtle flex it's subtle flex. <laughs> B- big flex big flex yeah um anyway love it anyway. Is, is there anything you uh, anything else you want to plug oh i don't i don't really have anything at the mm-hmm. moment i'm working on a lot of stuff that i'm very excited about that i'm Good. sure we'll discuss at, at future times but yeah yeah absolutely in the works. And i know you have a lot that we're working on mutually so mm-hmm. that's awesome mm-hmm. so stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned people well thank you so much Christiana. <laughs> have a wonderful night yes thank you for having me absolutely bye <laughs> bye